Voice at CES is an official event within the greater CES program where the world's top brand leaders will share insights about how they are engaging customers through voice-enabled devices in our homes, cars, hotels, and more. To learn more about how you can be a sponsor, speaker, or attend Voice at CES, visit voicesummit.ai slash CES. That's voicesummit.ai slash CES. Today, you'll hear how to create a useful and usable framework for voice experiences with CEO and co-founder of Pragmatic Digital, Susan Westwater. You'll hear her answer the big question, of how can a brand identify where voice can bring value and where it fits in its customer experience with detailed educational actionable steps. Hi, Inside Voice podcast listeners. This is your co-host, Carrie Roberts. And today I have on the CEO and co-founder of Pragmatic Digital, Susan Westwater. Welcome, Susan. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me. For those that don't know you, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your company? Sure. I am, as you had mentioned, the CEO and co-founder of Pragmatic Digital. Um, We are a voice experience strategy shop. So we focus more on the consultancy side of making sure that skills are useful and usable, but also that they work within a brand ecosystem. So we're focused primarily on making sure that customer experiences can be better with the help of voice um, as opposed to being a, a pure dev shop. And then myself, I actually have a background in marketing and advertising. I have over 20 years of experience working agency and corporate from a content strategy and digital strategy perspective. Wonderful. Now, we spoke with your husband and co-founder, Scott, on our last episode about the four-step process to creating a voice experience. So for listeners, if you haven't checked that out, please do so. So today, Susan, you're going to be doing part two of that, and you're going to be discussing in more detail how to create a useful and usable framework for voice experiences. And the big question we're answering today is how can a brand identify where voice can bring value and where it fits in to its customer experience? Can you just answer that kind of in a broad range before we get into the details? Sure, absolutely. And it comes down to the core of useful and usable. Um, And we talk about useful and usable in the sense of useful solves problems for our customers and ideally also for our business. So we're kind of almost killing two birds with one stone. And then usable is it's not worth anything. It doesn't matter how helpful it is if it's actually not usable from a usability perspective, um, if it doesn't answer the questions it needs to. To, um, or if it isn't customer driven, but is um, more of us as a brand talking to that customer, it's much more important for it to be driven by that customer for them to choose the things that they need to be able to accomplish the tasks that they want to. And now you and Scott at Pragmatic Digital have developed this framework. And the first part of the framework is starting with the brand marketing basics. What does that mean? And what should a company or a person be doing to do that stage? Sure. Um, So that starts with your value proposition. So what is it that is your unique selling proposition that is to the consumer or the user? Um, You know, at the end of the day, what is the overall uh, 
problem that you're solving or service that you're providing? And then what is your core strategy that is unifying that brand? So are you doing this by being incredibly um, helpful and assistive? Um, Are you helping, uh, for example, are you helping a customer understand um, the ins and outs of car buying because you're able to provide that information easily in an easy to read chart um, versus in-depth research? Or you know, are you making better bus- helping businesses make better decisions because you make the information more accessible? Things like that. Um, and then it's important then to be able to talk through your brand um, and, and your audience's uh, pain points so that you understand and you lead with what, again, what are the customer problems I'm solving? And then what is my brand persona and what are my pain points so that you can start to understand, um, as Scott had talked about yesterday, that intersection of customer problem and business goal. Yeah. And I think what you're saying here is really clarifying why you're doing this, which sometimes people start something and they don't take the time to figure that out. And then whatever else they do may not be as successful. So really sitting down and understanding those basics is crucial. And then we go into kind of this step two, which you call pre-work. What does that look like? So pre-work is basically taking a lot of that basic information and starting to map that out. And again, identifying the pain points and, and writing them down. It's um, I can't tell you how many times it's, oh, it's all in my head. I've got this sorted. And as you talk through it, you find out that really um, the value proposition isn't really a value proposition. It's more of a product description. Or um, you find out that a brand persona is sort of a list of really good words that are aspirational, but may not get at the values or align with the values of what that whole brand is about. So this is where we start to work through that. Um, and then we also talk about like the, the current sales process, because that's an important part for any type of service that's selling. Um, and then understand then in that journey, like where are the gaps uh, of where you either have drop off or, or things like that. So that way then again, we're able to start laying down that foundation from which then we will then move into the next step um, that helps us understand um, the, the tasks and the pieces by phase um, versus trying to just say, hey, I'm going to attack the whole customer experience. Yeah. And again, I think what I like about what you and Scott have both talked about is really taking time and starting from the ground up, from the very beginning, really going into understanding the basics. What's the why? What are we doing? What's the pre-work before we even begin to kind of build and go through everything? And a lot of times people rush into things. So I love that you're taking so much time in the beginning here. And I think it's important for listeners and companies to understand the value of that. And then we go into our step three, which is a huge part of what you do, which is this kind of customer journey and understanding how that works. So take us through your process there and some of the maybe multiple phases that people need to go through to clarify that. Absolutely. So, um, and as you said, it's really important to think about ready, aim, fire versus ready, fire, aim. And, and I think sometimes in a, a zest for, hey, we can fail faster, there are sometimes that need of, we can aim after we know more. But it's really important because of the, the power of voice, but also the fact that it is a new technology, that we do take a little bit of time up front to be able to aim ourselves a little bit better, to be able to start to hit those, you know, not home runs, but base hits. And that's where then this, this piece comes into play um, of the, the next phase. So what we simply do is we go through the customer journey and we break down each phase of a particular brand's customer journey. Now, 
Some of them can be five steps. Some of them can be four steps. It depends um, sort of on the back end of if you need retention and advocacy, et cetera. But there's always going to be um, some quadrants that we put together. And that's where we look at questions of what are the questions that my users and my audience are going to be asking during this particular phase? Um, what messages? So what messages, brand messages align and which ones would, what tonality, what um, brand um, values, what all aligns to this so I can answer those questions. Um, and then we look at user tasks, like what are the actual tasks that they're trying to do? Not just the questions and the information they need, but what is it they're actually trying to do? And then we marry that with our calls to action so that we understand what behavior does that user want to take? And then what do we want them to do as well? What's going to move them to the next phase? It's important when you break down a customer journey to not just think that it's... I know there's that whole idea of always be closing. I like the idea more of always be moving forward. Our goal in awareness is to move them to either purchase or research consideration set. Always trying to move them one step forward. And sometimes that won't end then with a CTA that's like, would you like to buy this? And it, of course, it depends on the complexity. But it's important to kind of think about that. And then what we also have done because we do hear a lot from our brand managers and just our general business groups. Oh my gosh, voice is another channel. Where do I even start? I'm going to have to support this whole thing. Do I have to do all this production? We start to go down the path of existing content and content gaps. And what that does is that helps us understand what is it that you already have that we can leverage because we won't ever be able to take web content and just plop it into a, a voice experience, but it'll at least give us the similar information so that we have consistent answers and also a consistent tone. And then when we find out where our gaps are, that helps us also understand, okay, here's where I need to focus on creating new content. Um, and sometimes that helps get your head around what the level of effort may be. It may be that it's only a couple pieces of content that you actually have to create. And then ultimately, when we look at all of this, we say, all right, well, where is voice going to make this easier? Where is voice going to solve a problem? And in each phase, it helps us to understand and break that down. So if I have an awareness focus, I'm going to have some different ways that voice is going to help me um, by providing information about my brand as opposed to purchase where it might be, I need to provide where to buy or um, I need to just figure out in skill where that purchase can make or that subscription can happen. So that's um, where then we're able to break things down and breaking it into these smaller tasks that can work together um, makes it a little bit easier for us to create a comprehensive skill or, or experience um, as opposed to something that um, is going to be a bit of a mishmash. There, there, it puts a lot of um, thought before we even start to, to even begin to, to start scripting. Now, can you give us an example of what a customer journey could or should look like? Sure. Um, the most, like the most basic that I think we're all taught in college is um, awareness, consideration, purchase, and retention. Um, and I usually break we break apart awareness and um, consideration because awareness is: Do you even know my brand exists? Do you even know we exist? And then consideration is when you move from. I know who you are and I'll actually now want to know more before you then make the effort to purchase. Um, and then finally, there's retention, which sometimes I think in today's day and age of lead acquisition does get brushed aside, is that whole idea of how do I, um, how do I bring on a client or a customer um, and then how do I retain them? How do I get them to buy again? How do I get them to stay with me? 
Um, and that's important because it's actually cheaper to hold on to a, a customer than it is to go through the whole acquisition process and continue to bring them through. Now, can you give an example of a customer journey through voice? Because should one voice experience be doing all four of those things? Or should a company be thinking about a voice experience for their company that there's maybe one for each step? It completely depends on how your audience is. And um, I think Scott even touched on this when we were talking. Um, I right now, um, because my roots um, started in the evolution from print to digital, to digital to mobile, et cetera, I remember a time when everyone created a microsite. Um, and, and then we realized that that was splitting up all of our traffic and that was asking people to remember to go to different places depending on what they want to do, which at the end of the day was a lot more effort. So where we started to kind of move towards is, okay, what makes sense from my user need perspective? And then can I put those together? Can I start with... Um, and this is where the, um, the next step of prioritization comes into play of what are the most important things that they're trying to accomplish? And it may be that they're all within, say, purchase or research and consideration. Then I would focus there. I would think then what you would want to do is build and evolve as you learn more about how your users interact and all of those pieces. My feeling is at this point is if um, someone needs, um, someone's needs aren't going to change based on um, what that skill is. So it's a matter of can I keep those skills together? Because if they need to understand research and consideration questions and tasks, um, and then I want to move them to purchase, I don't necessarily want to lose them to another skill, even if it's my own. I would love to keep them in the same evolution. And the beauty of a voice skill is that you can continue to expand the structure of it and all of the, um, the through situational design, which is something that you know we couldn't do with websites. So that is something that I, I think I, I go back and forth, and it's an evolution that um, I'm I'm very interested to watch. But again, I think it depends on exactly what your objectives are, and and that'll help you determine whether or not you need a separate skill or not. And yeah, you mentioned your step four, which is the prioritization exercise. You know, when you're talking about those four steps, and let's say you have a very large company, you know, BMW, for example, people are aware of what that company is. But because voice is still very new, and let's say they're not on it yet, mm-hmm. would their priority be awareness or would it be more of a sales part? So um, when we talk about awareness of a skill versus awareness of a brand, I actually treat them as two separate things because awareness of a brand um, and awareness of the features and the things that you can do, that might fall within that particular awareness phase. But when it comes to launching um, and supporting any type of experience and getting people to use it and adopt it, that's a whole other strategy. And that's a whole other support piece that I think comes into actually part of how we um, approach skills in general. There's the planning and the creation of it. And then, um, and I think I've seen this said a couple of times now, you know, if you build it, they won't come. So there's a whole separate effort that goes into where will I promote this? How will I make sure that my users understand it and and go from there? I think in the example of um, BMW, if I'm looking from a prioritization of skill and what we're doing, um, there's three key areas. And um, this is based off of something that uh, a really smart strategist named Megan Casey, she developed this for content and I've adapted it to make sense for voice because it is so important to prioritize. 
Um, and I start with, we start with focus. Focus is the features and content that are important to the business and your users. So that's that perfect intersection. And a lot of times that's going to be where you talk about purchase or where you talk about, you know, upsell, things like that, because that's where we make our, our, our revenue. Um, when we look at piece or features that guide, we look at um, those that are going to be important to users and they're necessary, but it may not necessarily drive a purchase. It's more of this is the information they need to continue to move on. Um, I would align that a little bit with research consideration um, and, and pieces like that. And then there's drive. And that is the type of content that you want to point users to after you've met their initial needs. So this is, again, kind of aligns a little bit with retention and onboarding of um, I've gotten you to make do the most important piece. Now, how am I going to continue to support the relationship and drive it? So that's where we, we kind of look at those things. And then um, there's actually a fourth quadrant, which is nope, which is it's either it doesn't fulfill a user need or a business goal, or it's just all about the business. Um, and that's certain things that, um, you know, you kind of think about it and it's more of the chest beating and certain things like that. And so that's an area that isn't, we call it nope because we want to tread carefully about how much content we're especially going to put in a voice skill that's going to be someone just talking at someone because it's supposed to be interactive. It's supposed to be something they want to hear. Now, how long would you say doing this, this whole set? So you're saying brand marketing basics is step one, then the pre-work, then customer journey, then prioritization exercises that you do. And then we kind of talked last week in last episodes with Scott's. How long is this process normally? Again, I, I feel like I keep saying it depends, um, but it does. It depends on how prep, how prepared a brand is um, with that pre-work coming in or if we have to work through any of that and say, whoa, you know what? I just realized that your experience needs help actually from a CRM perspective or an email. It actually has nothing to do with voice quite yet um, because this is also a really great way of understanding how to get your house in order because as much as voice is an incredible... Um, area. And I think it's going to really change how consumers um, interact with brands. If your customer experience, or if you have something wrong in another area, this won't fix it. So sometimes that, that starts to, to bubble up and surface. So that can make the process longer, but typically it's either a couple weeks or it's something, if we're going to just focus on one phase of the journey, it's even something we can get through in a workshop. Well, thank you so much for sharing such great insights, Susan. Where can people learn more about you or your company? Sure. Um, we have our website, which is pragmatic.digital. And then um, if you'd like to learn more about the worksheet, um, I actually do have a version of this that I have created that for use by anyone. Um, that actually, you can hit me up um, on Twitter at S at SJW75, or you can also ping me on LinkedIn. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much again to both you and Scott this week for really bringing the knowledge and kind of the step-by-step -step for our listeners to really just kind of try and do things for themselves and have the opportunity to reach out to both of you with any questions they have as well. So thank you so much for being here. Sure. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to the Inside Voice podcast. We greatly appreciate you being a part of our community. And if you enjoyed this episode or you like the podcast, we would love it if you would subscribe, follow, like, share, leave a review of the show. If you have any questions, comments, feedback, people you want to see on the show, things you want to learn, feel free to send us an email at kerry at That's K-E-R-I 
at modev.com. And be sure to check us out online at voicesummit.ai. Thank you, and we look forward to chatting with you next week.